Cool. So let's start. I'm going to be sharing with you my email formula. And this is actually the missing opportunity and how I use this missing opportunity to make $6,848,500 uh, $848, should I say, with my writing. So over $6 million writing emails in the last few years. I'm going to tell you exactly how I did that and how you can do the same. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. Before we get into it, though, you do need to know, I got a grade C in English. I'm never going to forget my English teacher. She said to all of us, like, what do you want to do when you get older? And I was like, I want to be a writer. And my English teacher said, never going to happen for you. I was like, what do you mean it's never going to happen to me? She goes, no, you're not going to do it. She goes, look at me. She goes, I wanted to be a writer. I'm an English teacher. And my writing is significantly better than yours. She goes, you can always spot good writers because they have a talent for it. You don't have a talent for it. You will never make money as Uh, as a writer, which is fascinating because in the last few years, I've made $6,800,000 through writing emails. And the average salary of an English teacher in her lifetime is about 1.8 million. That means I have made approximately four times more than an English teacher ever would make in their entire life. And I've done that only in the last few years, writing a single email every single day. One email a day, and I've made more money than an English teacher would. So, you know, not to be mean, but also like, fuck that woman, right? You know what I mean? How dare she tell a kid that they're not going to be able to be a writer, right? And so I'm here to say that you don't actually have to be good at writing in order to make money with emails. So I'm going to explain all of this with you guys um, to explain how it works. So first of all, let's do a little bit of a background on emails. How often is email actually used? Because there's a chance you're thinking... Email, whatever, like no one uses email, right? Everyone's on social media, Instagram, TikTok, and all that. But let's talk about this because email is actually growing at a rapid rate. The only data I could find was from a couple of years ago. But obviously, since we had the lockdown in 2020, uh, I can only assume that emails increased. Uh, But just in case you thought it was on the decline, by the start of 2019, there were 3.8 billion email accounts around the world, which was a 100 million increase from 2018. Half of the global population now uses email. So I want you guys to see this. There is a trend. There are more people using email, not less. It's getting bigger. Contrary to popular belief, young people are using email. Millennials spend more time scrolling their email inbox than any other generation before them. Isn't that insane? About 6.4 hours a day in their email box blows your brain uh, unless you know how to make money from email like I do. And both millennials and Generation Z, which is the, the generation after millennials, have adapted to email for work, school, and keeping up with their favorite interests and brands. They often look to their email to stay up to date. Isn't that crazy? Many young people have two email addresses. This is very important. I want you to remember it. They have one for social media and marketing material, marketing material key, and one for professional or personal communication. I'm going to talk about that in a second. 
Millennials spend an average of 6.4 hours every day using email, but also email is a necessity for doing everything online. You can't create an account on Facebook or any other social media without having an email address. So uh, I just want to show you this picture. That is me with a two comma club award for 2021. At the time of filming, this is September 2021. So that was made this year. So this is an award you get for making a million dollars through one particular website. So this was the ACE formula, which is my dating website. That means I made a million dollars this year alone in 2021, because we're still in 2021, a um, million dollars from email and that website. That was it. Now, if you go online, you won't find ads, Facebook ads for the ACE formula, because I don't sell the ACE formula via ads. I sell the ACE formula via email, which means I've made over a million dollars this year alone in just one of my brands, in one of my companies, purely using email. So hopefully you are now super, 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 super excited about learning about email. Let me know if you are, if you want to learn how to make money from email, because I think it's a phenomenal opportunity. And I think it's the missing opportunity that a lot of people are missing out. And I'm going to explain about that in a minute. The key component though, that I want you to remember is young people have two email addresses, one for marketing material and one for professional or personal communication. Of the two email boxes, it's very important that we end up in the professional and personal communication email box. That's very, very important. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. If you end up in that marketing material inbox, no one's going to see your emails, right? So that's a very important thing. So not everybody knows about my skills as a business person. So you may not know this about me, but I am a business consultant and I help people buy, grow, and sell businesses. If you've ever heard of a company called digitalmarketer.com, the owner of Digital Marketer is a man by the name of Roland Frazier. Technically, there's a few owners, but one of them is a man by the name of Roland Frazier. And I am the head coach for Roland Frazier's build business buying business. So he has a company that he helps people buy and sell businesses. And I'm the head coach inside that program, which means over the last year, because of how big digital marketer is, they have sent me thousands of businesses I've had to consult for. And my job is literally helping people buy a business, grow the business and sell it. That's what I do. Um, and in the last year I've consulted for over a thousand companies and I've noticed they're all missing the same opportunity. So this is just a bunch of screenshots I took of some testimonials of people, um, which is kind of like huge here. Uh, you know, this guy, Richard McRae in the top corner. I love this one. I've been a bad boy. I've been uh, dating too many companies. They make a lot of dating jokes because I'm a dating guy. Uh, and I'm ready to get six or seven or maybe even 15 to the altar. Bring on the groomsmen. Um, so this is somebody who's negotiating with, uh, with up to 15 companies at once that he's looking to buy. So it's pretty crazy. Uh, Jason, you shouldn't watch Adam Lyons training on negotiation because it's too powerful. You end up closing more deals than you can handle. So there's just, uh, you know, Adam is a huge blessing. I highly recommend him if you're looking to start a business, improve your dating life or pretty much any area that needs improvement. His webinars are packed with value. He always over delivers. Last Saturday, he talked about how to start a business while on vacation or build your current business and even gave advice on how to start one from the ground up, right? So this is what I do. I do a lot of this and I'm very, very good at it. So when people have a business problem, they bring it to me. Now, I noticed that all of these companies I've worked with, I'd say like 90% of them were all missing email. Like as in they didn't do any email marketing. They had social media marketing, they had uh, advertising, but they all missed email. And a lot of the companies, um, after buying them, remember they're buying them to sell them. It's really easy to buy them, add email, and then sell them and they're already worth more because you make that much more money via email. But the question is, how much more can you actually make? So I want to share a case study with you. Well, are you interested in seeing a case study? Let me know. Do you want to see a case study? If I broke down a case study of just how much more money you could make via email, is anybody interested? With real numbers, not like billions of dollars, like actual numbers. If I break this down for you, is that interesting or is it boring? Some people don't like numbers. I like numbers, not everyone does. 
Okay, some people are saying yes, good enough for me. I've got at least 80 people saying yes. All right, we'll keep going. So I want to remind you, people bring me business problems, right? They come to me and go, hey, I've got a business problem. So this case study uh, really hits home because the person that brought me the case study was my son. Uh, He was nine years old at the time. He's 11 today. And my nine-year-old came to me crying on a Wednesday night. I'm never going to forget it was a Wednesday night because my son used to go to the local uh, Dungeons and Dragons shop to play Dungeons and Dragons. So my nine-year-old comes to me. He's like, dad, can we talk? I was like, oh my God, what's wrong? Yeah, of course, of course, of course. And he goes, they're going to shut down the game store. And so I was like, oh my God, what do you do? Like, what do you do when you're son? There's only one game store in our town and it's going to close now, right? This is where he goes every Wednesday to play Dungeons and Dragons. He's crying. Dad, they're closing it down. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he goes, dad, don't you fix businesses? And I was like, well, yeah. And he goes, fix it. I want you guys to take a moment. If you know anything about me, you know that I love being a dad. I have spent years learning the skill to build, grow, and sell businesses. My son is coming to me and begging me to fix this business. Now, I don't own the business. I've not been hired to fix it. You can't just walk in somebody's business. Maybe you can, but you can't just walk in someone's business and be like, hey, I'm going to fix your business, right? Um, So this was a huge issue because my son's crying. He's like, dad, fix it. And I started thinking, what is the point of being a good business owner if I can't even fix my own son's business, right? Like how, how terrible is that? Cause like, he's going to be like every, in the future, every time someone's like, what do your dad do? He goes, well, he's supposed to fix businesses, but he couldn't fix the one in the local town. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so this was more than just like helping some dude, you know, make a $10 million deal or something. This was like really important. It was important to him and because it was important to him. It's like, how fake am I if I can't use my skill to help my son? Right. So I was like, all right, buddy, I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you fix this business. And so that's the plan. So um, here we go. So my son found me a deal. This is what the shop looked like for those of you guys that don't know. And I think all of you know that I own a game store at this point. So obviously I bought the game store, um, but that is what it looked like. Can you see how bad this thing is? I don't know if you guys can see my mouse on the screen, but it's really bad. There's like cardboard things, just like exposed wooden beams. Um, nothing's organized. Like it's just all over the place. So the deal is the store was losing a thousand a month. Can you imagine? It was losing a thousand. So this store was, uh, the the bills were 5,000 and the revenue was 4,000. So every month the owner was losing a thousand dollars. So if you want the numbers, that's how it works. Okay. Pay. They were making four, but they were paying five. It's, It's so bad. And the guy was working like nonstop, like around the clock as well. The reality is the owner had lost interest in the business. He didn't, didn't want to do the business anymore. Um, he wanted 25 grand to buy the business. Like, can you imagine someone coming to you? I've got a great deal for you. You give me 25 grand and you can lose a thousand dollars a month. Yay. Right. That was, uh, that was the, the offer. That was what he was offering. What do you guys think about that? How many of you would do that deal? Right. To be honest, let me know in the chat. How many of you pay 25,000 to lose a thousand a month? How many of you would do that deal? So let me know in the chat. It's a financial risk. It's absolutely a financial risk, but I wanted to be my son's hero. That's the truth. I wanted to be my son's hero. And so, um, you know, I had to do something about it. So there was one missing opportunity. I recognized that they had a mailing list, an email list of people that had purchased products, but they were not being emailed, right? So, So this is a pretty cool opportunity. So we've got a bunch of customers who have bought products in the past, 
but they're not being sent emails. So it was one good opportunity. So I negotiated the price down. Uh, I negotiated down to, to $5,000 because I was like, you're losing money every month. I didn't pay 25, I paid five. So if anyone wants to know, it was $5,000 is what I paid. Um, and I was like, I'm willing to pay five and then lose a thousand a month and I'll, I'll fix it somehow. So this is what the store used to look like. For those of you guys that haven't seen it, here's what happened. I turned it around. So this is the store after I bought it and how I turned it around. Let me know. Come on, give me some feedback. How pretty is that? Come on, let me know. It's good. I know it's good. So after the deal, the store had 400 customers in the point of sale machine that had never been sent an email. So we started with a very simple email campaign. Now, I'm going to talk to you guys about this a little bit later on about exactly what we did, but we're just going to go over the numbers right now. Within six months, the store picked up to twelve dollars to $15,000 in revenue, right? So we went from losing a grand a month to making seven to 8,000 in profit every month, right? So how's that sound? Does that sound good? You guys interested in that? Pretty good. But there is a little bit more. Um, I love somebody saying the computer is upgraded. Yeah, that was a spare computer we had lying around our office. The screen is actually cracked, so no one was using it. But we realized in a game store, no one's going to see the screen because it aims at the staff member. So we, we put it there so they can use it. So pretty pretty cool. We have the same computer in the store now, still with the cracked screen. Fun fact. We should, we should probably replace it. We just haven't done it yet. Okay, so... We needed to expand. The store was growing and uh, Elon Musk is moving into the area and we heard that rent was going to increase. So this store uh, is renting. So we realized that if we wanted to capitalize on Elon Musk moving into town, we needed to buy. And this was now in the middle of lockdown when all commercial, property, commercial properties had taken a hit. So the price of commercial property was really low because all these businesses were closing. So this business closed during COVID and it left this beautiful brown brick building on a much more heavily trafficked part of the street. So we saw this cute little property and we used the increase in revenue rather than pocketing it, we used it to secure a commercial property loan on behalf of the business. So, right, you get the idea? Imagine if you were making $8,000 more per month than you currently make, right? What would that be like? Out of interest, if you made eight grand more, what would you do? Every month, if just $8,000 extra in your pocket, what would you do? You probably buy a property, right? I think that's what a lot of people do. That's what we did. We got this extra money. We don't want to just spend it. So we bought a property. And it meant that we didn't have to rent anymore, that we own the property. And so when Elon Musk moved in, we predicted there would be an increase in property value, which there was. Um, and uh, and we gained it. So as you can see, we're now 2021, one year later, it's actually less than a year later, the property is valued at 789,000. I went on Zillow just this, just this morning before doing this. $789,000, guys. I bought it for 560. It says 575, but that was the, the asking price. I bought it for 560. So uh, a $229,000 increase in a year. So isn't that crazy? Like we made 229 grand. I owe my son one. Uh, anyway, this is what the store looks like now. Uh, the gross revenue is more like uh, twenty to thirty thousand dollars a month, so it makes a lot more money. The mortgage is the same price as the rent, by the way, so there's no loss there. We did this in less than a year, and it was all because of one missing opportunity, which was email. So let's look at some numbers and let's see what you guys think. That's what the store looks like now, by the way. Isn't it beautiful? It's so huge. There's actually a huge tournament going on there today, which I'm missing to come and do this with you guys, just in case you guys are wondering. Uh, anyone, anyone, get anything out of this? You guys, you guys, understanding this? All right. So before. The gross revenue, as I said, was $4,000 a month. The current gross revenue is more like $20,000 a month. It gets higher, but let's just say 20, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, lower. So there were 400 customers that had bought something and given us their contact information. So 400 customers was $16,000 of extra money a month or $40 a person, 
right? Um, so that's pretty cool. Now you gotta remember, these aren't like generic people. These are actually buyers. These are people who have bought something in the past. So there's only 400 of them, but they have all bought something in the shop. So the average purchase price is $40 per person. And in fact, if I went to my game store today and I said to them, pull up the point of sale machine and tell me how much the average purchase is, it's probably gonna be about $40, right? So all the numbers add up, right? Um, but it all became because we started emailing every day, send people a message. So if we assume $40 a person, and we know it used to make 4,000 a month, it was 100 customers or 25% that were buying unprompted. So what that meant was there were 400 potential customers, but only 100 of them were coming in buying things. And that makes sense because they had about 25 transactions a week, right? About five a day. You guys get the idea? They were open five days, 25 transactions in a week, 100 transactions in a month, assuming $40 per person. You got it? Like, it's just numbers, it's just math, but it all makes sense which meant 25% of the people were buying. The other 75%, they were open to buying something, but they just forgot the store existed. Um, I love the 25-75, by the way, because it's really kind of like the 80-20 rule, if you guys know that, which is you can either run something, um, you know, 20% of the customers are what makes up, you know, 80% of your revenue. It's like one of those kind of things. But it's really interesting because without emailing every day, you're only going to make sales from 20% of the audience. If you email every day, you're going to pick up that 80%. So it makes a, makes a big difference. So you guys kind of have to do this, right? You absolutely have to do this. Have you ever had a website or a store that you used to love going to, but you just haven't visited in a while? It's not because you don't like them. You just kind of forgot that they existed or you just haven't been back recently, right? Maybe you used to go to Etsy a lot and now you don't really go to Etsy. Or maybe you used to use eBay all the time. Now you don't. It's not that eBay has gone. It's not that you won't ever use it again. It's just that you used to go a lot and now you're not really going. I know this totally happens to me, right? There are certain websites, like uh, I used to go to bestbuy.com all the time. I don't really go anymore. There's no reason. I'm just not really visiting it, right? But also Best Buy doesn't send me emails. Isn't that interesting? You know, most companies don't send emails. This was the massive takeaway that I took. Out of the thousands of companies, like 1,280 something companies I've consulted for in the last year, the majority did not send a daily email. Isn't that insane? I'm not saying they never send an email, but they don't send a daily email and the emails they do send are wrong. And in a moment, I'm actually going to show you the common missing opportunities that even if someone does send an email, they don't send the right kind of email, which causes a problem, right? So I think everyone's saying, yeah, you're all seeing the same thing, right? You definitely have got websites that you love or stores you used to go to and you just don't go anymore. And then one day they're gone, right? Like, you know, imagine how bad people feel about Neiman Marcus, right? People used to go to Neiman Marcus all the time and then it really struggled during COVID and a bunch of the stores closed down, maybe even all of them. I don't know, but because I don't know because I haven't been, right? I haven't been back there. I used to go to Neiman Marcus all the time to buy my clothes. And now I don't really do it. And one day it's like, it's just gone. And you're like, oh, that sucks. It's gone. But it happened. And it happens because you stopped going there. And one easy way to stop that from happening is just remind people you exist. How easy is that? Um, I remember when uh, you know some some major uh, you know companies shut down. Neiman Marcus was, was a good one, and I was like, well, how often do you go to NeimanMarcus.com? And they were like, well, never. I was like, right, that's why they vanished. Right, there's no reason to. So this is huge. Okay, there is a massive opportunity available in the world right now because companies are leaving 75% of their revenue on the table. Why 75%? Because 75% aren't buying. And they're leaving on the table because they aren't sending a simple email every single day to pick up extra sales. And more importantly, build real relationships with customers. So this is what I was trying to talk about earlier on, where if your emails are going in the marketing inbox because somebody just doesn't really care about receiving the email, they're not going to get it. So imagine I go into a store and in the store, they're like, oh, do you want to sign up to our mailing list? We'll give you a 20% discount on these clothes. You're going to be like, yeah, I do. And you're going to give them a really crap email 
You're going to receive the discount on the close and then never read any emails. That is a marketing email. The key is to write emails that people actually want to read, right? That's the catch. And so this is the mistake that companies are making. This is the missing opportunity. So even the companies that do write emails don't write the right kind of emails. Take a moment, just, just for one second, and think about all the companies you know that you buy things from and ask yourself, do you read the emails? And I bet you guys read my emails, right? You read mine, but you don't read them from Amazon, right? You don't read Amazon's emails. Amazon probably emails you a lot, but Amazon's always emailing you, this is available, this is your update. And you just go, yeah, yeah, I got it, right, okay, I got a package today, cool. But you don't actually read the email. This is the key. If you want to make money from email, you have to write emails that people want to read. That's the magic. Then they're going to put it in the correct inbox, right? That's the key. I'm going to show you how to do it. If you do own a business, how much money are you losing each month by not writing an email a day? The easy way to calculate that, if we go back again, real life example, and this is matching a lot of what I've seen. Whatever you're making right now, if you, if, if you just think about the amount you make, not from advertising, but just in general, and we call that 25%, work out if you made an extra 75%, how much money that would be. Because that is what happened in my game store. My game store jumped and gained the extra 75% in sales, right? So triple what it was making before on top, right? So 4X is essentially what we're talking about here. That's huge. How much more money could you make? And there's no guarantees, right? Different industries are different. If you have a restaurant, it's not going to be the same as if, you, uh, you know, if you're selling something. But still, what would it be? What would that number be? Okay, next up. If you don't own a business... How much would you make if you took 10% of a company's sales to write emails for them? Because what a great opportunity, right? What if, imagine if you did go up to Best Buy and you're like, look, your emails you write every day, what's the open rate? You know, are people actually reading them? I'd like to write emails for you and just give me 10% of any sales that come from me writing emails. Imagine how much money you'd make. So don't worry about Best Buy. Just think of, if you, if you found a random company, maybe a friend's company, how much money would it make if you took 10% of the sales to write an email a day. How much would that actually be? Give me some real numbers here. Really thinking about it. To show you, in my game store, if you'd come on board and you'd written the emails for me and you'd done that, you would have made an extra $1,600 a month writing one email a day. And once you're doing it, like, am I ever going to stop you? Am I ever going to come in and be like, stop writing emails? No, I'm just going to let it keep happening, right? I don't have to do anything. My company's making an extra 14400 a day, right? So I'm happy, but you're making 1600 bucks a day to write one email. Does this sound interesting to you? Do you guys understand the opportunity here that's right in front of you? If you own a company, writing an email a day boosts your own sales. If you don't own a company, writing an email on behalf of another company can boost your sales. Everyone get this? So it's massive. And this is for companies that don't write an email a day. Like I said, there are some that do write an email, but there's still opportunities, even if they already write emails. So let's do this. I'm now going to share with you my opportunity assessment template. So I do this in my own company and I do this in companies that I buy and I do this on behalf of companies that are buying companies with my guidance. Okay. So um, I've got people saying, is there a way to find these clients? There absolutely is a way to find these clients. Um, lots of different ways, actually. <laughs> There's a ton. So, so there are actually five missed opportunities that I've spotted in companies. So let's look at what they are. The first is obvious, no daily email. So there are some companies that just don't write an email every day. That's a problem, right? We know that's a problem. You can see that. Next up, 
There are companies that write an email, but they don't have a curiosity-inspiring headline. That is a huge issue if somebody's writing an email every day and they're not writing an email that actually makes you want to open the email, right? So this is huge. So like, I'm looking in my inbox right now. I'm just going live just for a second. Um, and I've got this email from a company I can see here right now. So this is from... Um, Here's a company. Uh, it's a company called Green Stuff World. So I love Green Stuff World. They sell things for painting. If you guys know I'm a nerd, I paint miniatures. The headline of Green Stuff World is Green Stuff World News. That is literally the email. Disney. I got an email from Disney. It's not even in the right language. It says, I literally have no idea what that says. It's not even in the right language. That's Disney. Disney's email, I'm never going to click on that, right? I'm never going to open that email ever. Do you guys understand? They're writing emails. These companies, massive corporations, they're writing emails that I'm never going to read. And because I don't read them, they get dinged because Gmail watches to see if somebody opens your email. And I can see all the good emails I receive are in my regular inbox, but all the bad emails that I do not open, Gmail says, well, if he doesn't open it, it must be marketing material. And it will automatically move me into the promotions folder or the marketing folder. So Disney, no matter what they launch, I'm not gonna find out about it via my email. They've put effort into getting my email and they're not using it. That means they're gonna have to legitimately pay to advertise to teach me something when they could just send me an email I'd actually care about, right? So this is huge, absolutely huge, guys. So to show you the amount of opportunities, just companies that write emails that don't have curiosity-inspiring headlines, so nobody bothers reading the email. Next up, emails that don't have a call to action. I guarantee you if we look in some of these emails, like the one that says Green Stuff World newsletter, I guarantee you there's no call to action. I love Green Stuff World. I've spent thousands of dollars in that company. I didn't read the email because I don't care about hearing about their news. And I guarantee you if I read it, it would just be like, we're going to be at this event this year. And we've had a great year. Everything's great. I just don't care. I, I'm not going to read that. I don't want to know. And it's a shame because that email could have, we've launched a brand new product that Adam would like to buy for $500. But I have no idea because the headline didn't get me. And even inside of it, I suspect there wouldn't be something I can click on to go and buy something. So they failed. Next up. Emails don't have a cliffhanger. Man, no one does this. No one. You remember the old Batman TV show? We're talking about the one from like the 70s, right? Where suddenly the screen pauses and it's like, will the caped duo get out of this mischief? Will Joker finally spell the end for our dynamic duo? Remember those kind of endings? Every email should have this at the end of the email that encourages you to read the next one, right? Every good email, you should be like, oh man, I got I to see what's in the next one. I got to know, I got to know. So they have to finish with a cliffhanger. You want to make sure that your emails are constantly encouraging people, tune in tomorrow, tune in tomorrow, tune in tomorrow. Because every time you open an email, Gmail says, wow, that person really cared about reading that email. I better make sure it goes in the right inbox, right? Because Gmail is owned by Google and Google is not artificial intelligence. And it's just looking at your actions to know what to do. You open an email every day from me, Google's going to keep showing you emails. You ignore every email I ever send you, Google's going to push me to junk. You got it? That's how this works. So huge. You've got to constantly make this work. I love this. Eric, how many signs does it take to change a light bulb? Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. Right? That is exactly the kind of thing you want to do, right? You need to make this happen. <laughs> Remember those from Dragon Ball Z. Exactly. So, and all the good shows do this, right? Pokemon does this. All, all good, really, really good TV shows do this. Um, it's a cliffhanger. It's massive. So make sure it works, yeah? And the last one, 
No one replies to emails that are sent. Now, this is massive. If I send out an email and you respond to me and I don't respond to you, what does that tell Google? That I am a what? I am an email bot because email bots don't reply, right? If I send out an email to a thousand people and I get a hundred responses, people are like, oh my God, Adam, thank you so much for this. And I don't reply to that email. I am telling Google it was a mass spam attack. And if I'm a spam bot, Google's going to stop making sure you see my emails. You guys get this? This is huge. It's massive. No one knows this. Isn't that insane? We live in 2021 and we've been using email for 20 years or something. No one knows this. You have to respond to the emails to show Google you're a real person. I'm going to remind you, I said we'd refer back to this. Look, we're going to go back in time to earlier on in the seminar, right at the very beginning. Millennials and Gen Z have adapted to email for work, school, and keeping up with their favorite brands. And many young people have two email addresses, one for marketing and one for professional and personal communication. Guys, you have to reply to the emails to be personal communication. That's the whole point. You got to actually be a human being. But if you're a human being, they will open every email. So what was the difference, right? The game store. Imagine you're this guy. And I feel bad because he's a friend of mine. Imagine you're Josiah, right? Josiah is a great guy. I love him. He helps me paint miniatures. Awesome. He was losing a grand a month. Can you imagine having a business where you pay 5K a month and you only make four every month? That sucks. And imagine if the only fix you had to do was write emails, like just write one email every day and then respond to people responding to you. That's it. To suddenly make $20,000 a month and buy a building that puts 229,000 in in equity in your pocket, right? I could literally remortgage my property and cash that out, or I could sell the building, which I don't want to do, and make 200 grand today. If I I need 200 grand, just sell the building right now. Isn't that insane? For writing one email a day, guys? So now I'm going to ask you, do you want my email template that made me over $6 million in the last few years? Do do you guys want this? I'm, I'm happy to share it with you. I'll share it with you for free right now. You don't have to pay me for it. I'll just give it to you right now. Does anyone want it? I can even guide you through how it works. Yeah, does this sound good? Hell yeah. All right, you guys look interested. If I convinced you the email's good, yeah, because that's basically what it's all about. I'll tell you, like, you guys need to do that. That's why I'm here. Okay, <laughs> wait, duh. <laughs> all right, let's do this, you badasses. Here we go. Number one, this is the email structure I use every day. I start with a headline. Now, the headline must be curiosity-inspiring, okay? My headline has to inspire curiosity, which means I've got to have a reason for somebody to open the email. Now, there's a number of different formats that I use to do this. I'm not going to teach you all of them because I have like a ton of trainings on this that people pay for. So I'm not going to give you this. What I am going to do is I'm going to teach you the magic word. And the magic word is this. The word this, T-H-I-S, naturally creates curiosity. So for example, as long as I put the word this in the headline and I keep the headline to like seven or eight words, that's kind of how long you want it to be, it's going to get people to open it. So imagine this. This is the best email I've ever written. What is the best? I have to click to find out. You get it, right? Let's say, imagine it was Disney. This is our brand new show. Oh, Disney's got a new show. Click on it to find out, right? You see how it works. Um, This is the show people voted as number one in all of Disney. All right, there's too many words. I'd have to shorten it. But you get the idea. This. So this, right? Green Stuff World. This is the product you don't have. Oh, crap. I got everything from Green Stuff World. What don't I have? Yes, see, it's magical, right? The word this 
changes every email you write. You can put the word this in. Don't believe me. Send an email to one of your friends right now. and be like, dude, have you seen this? Question mark. Or text it to somebody right now. Watch. I'm like, see what? See what, bro? What? See what? You will get text message responses instantly. Why am I good at this, by the way? I'm good at this because I've been teaching dating for 16 years and I've had to help dudes get replies from women who've been ghosting them. That's why I'm good at this. But then I was like, why is Adam so good at email? I'll tell you. It's because I have to help people write text messages to women that have ghosted them. That's why. But I'm telling you, the word this is the magic. Shelton, this was voted on Montreal Disney, right? It's absolutely huge. You guys get that? Everyone understands? Headline. This encourages people to open the inbox. Got it? That's all we want. First thing. Okay. The power of mystery. Exactly. Everyone good? You will understand it. Next, split test. This has been invaluable to me. When you write an email, if you use email software, right? So rather than just, you know, sending out an email from Gmail, there are companies that provide email software. I've got a bunch I recommend. If any of you guys are interested in recommendation, we can talk about it. Um, but uh, in fact, message Eve. You guys will have the Eve's contact. If you message her, she'll give you a link. It'll be like an affiliate link. It means I'll get paid if you buy it. But I'd like that. I'll make some money off you guys if, if you're okay with it. Um, if you don't want the affiliate link, just say, send it to me. Don't give me the affiliate link. But then you're not helping me out. It's up to you. But the point is, They'll allow you to split test, which means I write one email with two headlines and they'll send them alternately. Every other person will get each one. And what that tells me is at the very end of the emails going out, I will know which email was better, which had the better headline. And this teaches me a lot about the people that are opening my emails. Um, for those of you guys that are interested in that thing, you got to message Eve directly. Don't just put it in the chat. Just message Eve and say, hey, Eve, can I please get the email software you guys use? Um, and she'll send you an affiliate link so, um, so you can buy it. So the split test lets me try a different version. So for example, I might write one headline that is a question and the split test is a statement. So that question might be like, um, you know, um, have you considered doing this to make more money? And then the other one might be like, do this to make more money, right? So one's a question, one's a statement. And if I do this for a week, at the end of the week, I learn, oh, this audience only like questions or this audience only likes statements. And it's funny because different audiences like different things. So essentially different businesses I work with, I have to learn what kind of headlines do I write. And then after a week of being like, okay, they really like statements. Then I'm gonna be like, well, I'm gonna try one that has numbers in it and one that has words, right? So I might be like, this made $7 million or this made us a lot of money and I'll test which one's better. And so for a whole week, one of my headlines will have numbers and one will not have numbers. And I'll just see which one's the best. So this split test is invaluable. It basically means my emails get better and better and better every time I write. So the more I write, the better I get. Pretty simple. Hopefully that makes sense for everybody. Okay. After the split test, we have the subheading. Now, when you send somebody an email, you get like a little preview of the text. You guys ever seen that? It's like you look through the inbox and you see the preview of what's in it. Believe it or not, you can change that. It doesn't actually have to be the official uh, what's in the email. It can be its own little message. All I do here is I write another little teaser. So I'm like, you know, you won't believe this or dude, you have to see this. Just something that makes people like even more likely to click and read the email. The whole purpose of the headline, the split test, and the subhead is just to get people to open your freaking email. Okay, that's all we're doing there. We just want people to open it up, have a look, and read it. Yeah, so that's the whole purpose there. After that, we move on to the really fun stuff. This next one is what I call the revelation. Now, of everything I teach you today, this is the highest value. The highest value is the revelation. The revelation has to be a, a little something that we write that makes people go, wow, I didn't know that, right? That's all you want to do. You want the reader to be like, wow, 
That's amazing. So if we go to the very beginning of this seminar, I want do you remember the revelation? The revelation was a hundred million person increase in email usage year on year, right? Uh, email is growing at a rapid rate. Half the global population use email. If you want to get somebody's interest, you want to hold their attention, you have to start off by telling them something they didn't know. And the thing I'm guessing most of you didn't know is that email is more popular than ever, right? If we go back 20 years, there were less people using email than today. That means there are more people willing to buy today than there were back then. Meaning you can make more money with email now than you could before. You have not missed the opportunity is what I'm saying. And I love this because there's a lot of people that are like, there's a crypto opportunity right now. I'm like, you insane? That's fine. If you want to do trading, but that's risky. You know, with writing an email, you're trading half an hour to write an email for lots of money, right? If you got 10%, let's just say that you were the one that came to me and said, Adam, your game store could get fixed if you just wrote an email a day. I will write an email a day. For you. Five days a week, I'll write you an email. because We write an email five days a week, not seven. So you're now making $1,600 a month, right? Just writing one email a day. I don't know how much an Ethereum is. If anyone knows, you can put it in the chat. But I'm guessing that's going to buy me a few Ethereum and I don't have to trade anything. I don't have to use my money. I just have to write an email a day. Someone want to tell me what's the current price of Ethereum. Let me know in the chat. Uh, just so I can say it out loud live. That'd be very useful for me. But my point is, how awesome is that? One Ethereum is $3,200. Great. So I can buy six Ethereum a year for writing one email. How easy is that? So much easier than trading and using my money. I'll just buy Ethereum and just sit and hold it because I'm writing one. Um, Ricky's saying Bitcoin's 45000 Again, you know, I can buy Every year by like, you know, half a Bitcoin, I suppose, if I was making $1,600 a month with this. And it's just another way of growing, right? I can just do it that way instead. So many people think about trading money for money, but you can also trade like writing an email on behalf of a company. And again, it wouldn't work if every company was good at writing emails. That's my point. If, if like next week, every company suddenly gets good at writing emails, this doesn't work. But if they suck at writing emails like they do, then this is going to be great. Look, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to my personal email box. Again, guys, I'm not going to share this publicly because I don't want anyone to see it. I'm just going to go there. I'm just going to type in Disney. I just just can't believe how bad Disney's emails are. So I just want to, I'm sorry, Disney. I don't mean to hate on you, but also like I'm totally hating on Disney. All right, first of all, oh my God. They sent me one email on September the 10th. The last email they sent me before that was July 26th. July 26th, guys. You see how crazy this is? And then before that, the, the next email was July the 9th and July the 6th. You, you guys see what I'm saying? Like, this is so bad how often this email is. All their emails are in Spanish. So I don't understand anything they're saying to me. And everything, like, from what I do understand, it's like Disney exclusive. That's what it's saying. Like, Disney exclusive. Exclusive look. Like, that's what it's saying over and over again. There's no... No benefit, no nothing. It's so bad. There's no curiosity. And they're not even emailing me regularly, like once every few months or something. It's insane. So if a company like Disney doesn't have their email stuff together, imagine how many opportunities there are out in the world. And I'm telling you, I've consulted for over a thousand companies and like 90% or more of them just did not have an email system put in place. My, um, my person's opened my email because they want to they wanna see something. I've given them a revelation. I've taught them a fact or I've made them see the world a slightly different way, right? I've given them this cool revelation, right? So a revelation, it can be a unique statistic. So this is cool because I can go, watch this. I'm just going to go on Google just for a second. I just want to show you guys. So I'm going to go open up Google Chrome. 
Hope I've got no adult tabs open. You know how it is. All right. So actually, I don't use my computer for any of that stuff. All right. So monk deflect missiles. Now you know the kind of stuff that I, I search for. Um, all right. So I'm into Google right now, and I'm just going to find a fun fact, right? So fun fact about uh, dating. So I'm just Googling fun fact about dating. Here we go. Look at this. A couple will exchange house keys on average 12 to 14 times. That's pretty cool, right? So that might be my fact. Um, so, oh, over half of all singles in America have not had a date in two years. How cool, right? That could be a really cool fact. So if I was going to do my revelation, just going back to um, back to my keynote for you guys. So my revelation could be, did you know if you're single, chances are you haven't had a date in the last two years? And if you have, then you're doing better than half the population. So it's like just a cool fact. So I was like, oh, yeah. And, you know, if they have had a date, they're like, oh, I feel better about myself. Like, I'm actually improving, right? Because some people in their dating life, their dating life's so bad that they're like, oh, it's never going to be good for me. But to know they're in the top half, you know, they had a date last month. They're like, okay, well, I am improving. And they'd be like, you know, think back to when you didn't have a date and it was really sucky. You see how so this is pretty cool, right? It makes them feel a little bit better about themselves, right? So it's pretty huge. All right, let's, uh, let's keep going. After the revelation, I'm basically now fulfilling that it's an interesting email, right? I told them it's going to be good. And then I've given them a really cool example. Next, we do the call to action. So I don't want to bore them because I don't know about you guys, people get bored of reading a lot. So I've basically gotten to open the email, given them a revelation, and now I'm going to ask them to click on a link, right? I want to be like, hey, click on a link, call to action. So before I get into it, I'm like, um, I'm actually going to talk a lot more about singles uh, in, and dating in America. But before that, if you're interested in attending a free training this weekend, just click on this link. Right. Or, but before that, if you'd like to talk to my team about helping you with your single life, just click on this link. Right. So, if you would like, and so whatever the thing is, then do this. This is known as an if then call to action. If you want burgers, then click this link and I'll send you a burger. Right. You got it? If then. So, just remember that call to action, if then. If you want whatever it is, then do this. That makes sense. Everyone understand what a call to action is? Most emails do not have a call to action. And you want the call to action straight after that revelation, right at the very beginning. Get it? Next up, the lesson. You want to share a lesson. So this is where I'm going to teach something. This is what makes people come back time and time again. So maybe they clicked on the link, but if they didn't, I want to give them something anyway to reward them for opening the email. Why? Because I want want them to open tomorrow's email. You got to remember, if we go back to those numbers I was showing you guys earlier on, I hope you guys get why I'm so passionate about this, right? But if we go back to these numbers, 400 customers customers spending 400 each per month, $40 each per month, I'm sorry, 400 customers, $40 each. They're not buying every day. Each customer buys once in 30 days. So I send 30 emails, one customer on one of 30 will spend $40. You guys see how it is? So they might not pay something today. I might send 20 emails and they may give me no money. But then on the 21st email, they give me 40 bucks. But the goal is somebody is buying $40 worth of stuff every month because probably because that's their budget, right? I got $40 budget spend on Dungeons and Dragons once a month, right? You understand? So you want to make sure they open the email and that is more important than them buying something is that they open the email and read it. We want them to like what we're sending them. Yeah. So you've got to have something cool in here, like a, a lesson or a story. I like stories or stories are great. And again, you can write a story, but there are many ways to like find good stories online. You can be like, yo, I found this story on Reddit. I thought I'd share it with you. Right. How cool is that? So pretty cool. So, so everyone's asking for an example of a lesson. Thank you guys. This is good. Right. Okay. So let's give you guys an example of a lesson. Again, I'm here to help you. Right. This is, this is not just about me speaking 
at you guys. I want to make sure I help you guys. All right. So we're back in Google. Let's find a good fun lesson. All right. So we'll do the dating one because I'm already in it. Half of all singles in America have not had a date in two years. So I'll type in disaster date um, short story. So what happens. Oh, we go. 75 first date disaster stories that are too juicy to pass up, right? So here we go. I've got my stories. I'll scroll down. I'll start a slideshow. Great. Okay. He brought his parents. He was 25. If that's not bad enough, halfway through the movies, mom asked me if I was going to finish mine while taking Tim Fall out of a bag to wrap up my food to figure out worst first date. Great. So this is replying to Jimmy Fallon. Thank you, Jimmy Fallon, for giving us unlimited uh, stories. But how cool is this, right? So I can just use this story as my lesson. Now, obviously, I don't just want to copy the story. So it would say something like this. So I'm, I'm at the lesson portion of writing something. And I'd be like, um, I, was, I was on the internet the other day and I saw a story that somebody sent Jimmy Fallon. Here's the story. Um, and I, I'll cut and paste this, right? And I'd be like, what's funny is that guy probably thought that bringing his parents on the date would improve his chances. How crazy is that? And it probably explains why so many people are single. One, because the guys have no idea what they're doing. And two, because the women don't want to go on dates where people bring their parents. So we're, we're into the lesson. I'm, I'm basically like, like, Look, I'm assuming you would never bring your parents on a date, but there are a number of other common date mistakes that people make. Here's a list of three of the biggest mistakes, right? Number one, they take someone on a date, someone they've been before. If everyone goes to the same location for every day, then they're going to remember these past dates. you got to take them somewhere new. Number two. And so I'll just give them like three little tips that help them avoid the common mistakes um, because I started with a really funny mistake that no one would hopefully make, but obviously somebody did. Does that make sense? Does everyone, everyone get it now? That's the kind of thing I do for a lesson. So I just use a story as an inspiration. And then basically, he says, that's so funny. Um, okay, cool. So everyone good? Everyone got that on the lesson? Everyone understand lesson now? Anyone confused? You guys got it? So it's just a little lesson and I can take inspiration off the internet. So it makes it really easy to write. Yeah. This is why with grade C English, I can write, I can write emails. Yeah. Cool. All right. Everyone's got it. Sweet. Anyone still confused? I'll make sure no one's confused. I love that you guys are actually writing notes. I thought everyone was bored. I was like, God damn it. I'm doing really badly today. Mm. But you can see my imposter syndrome, right? I'm doubting my own skills because I've only ever written emails really for myself and my private clients. I don't really do it outside of that. Right? It's all to reinforce the revelation. Yeah, it's, it's just to give them something to read, right? To make it worthwhile. They're reading your email. We want them to read tomorrow's email. So I've got to send them something fun, something that teaches them something. John says, I can see the structure in the emails you send. Every single email I send is this structure. Seems straightforward on the topic of lesson. Good, everyone. Nice. Okay, sweet. Let's keep going. You guys are going to love the next one. There's another call to action. Okay. So the thing is, people might see the first call to action, get caught up in your awesome lesson, and then click out their email. We've got to give them another call to action at the end. So after they read the cool story, they're like, oh, you know what? I will click on that link. But both calls to action need to go to the same place. You can't have two different ones. So every email has the same link. You can tweak the call to action slightly. We don't have to. You can use the same one. I can be like, you know, and just as a reminder, if you are interested in learning more about dating, please click on this link and book a call with our team. Right? So very, very simple. And guys, again, this whole structure is designed to make it better for the, the audience. And I hope you guys are going to read my emails more. Now you know how much time and effort I'm putting into them. Because I like really try to add value to these things, right? I'm trying to help you guys. So, but it's cool. Like, I'm, you, you see the structure. If you read my emails, you see the same structure. And you know that I'm trying to give you a lesson in every email. I'm trying to give you a revelation in every email. And I'm giving you a call to action if you want. You don't have to. I just hope that at least once a month somebody clicks, right? That's the key. <laughs> nice. 
Oh, Mindy says my emails are insane. Thanks, Mindy. Sweet. All right. So, and then we have the sign off. The sign off is literally like, uh, you know, that's it for me, Adam Lyons. Have a great day, right? Or whatever. Just, I, I don't mean to put dash Adam Lyons. Cool. And then there's one more component of this, um, which brings us towards, towards the end of the training. And that is the PS. And the PS, of course, is the Batman cliffhanger. So the PS is I'm going to give them a teaser for the next day. So the way I do this is I write all my emails at the same time. So I sit down and I write a week of emails in one go. So that way I always know what the next email is going to be. And I'll usually start by just writing out the five headlines and maybe a little bullet point about what's going to be either the revelation or the lesson. So I know what to tease. So it might be PS tomorrow. You're going to learn about another crazy first date situation involving a priest right? You're like, what is that? Oh my God. I got to find out about the priest one. Right. And now you're going to read the next email. So hopefully you guys see why that structure is absolutely killer. Everyone understand this. Everyone got that. You guys ready for the last piece? So I confirm you guys all got it. I'm always <laughs> looking out for those. Awesome. All right. Tomorrow I have another dating disaster share. Are you getting some of these stories? Let me know. Fans example, looking at your old emails. Exactly. You've got it. You guys, you found my cliffhanger. That's it. Everyone's good. Okay. I have eight problems. And this is why we're doing this today. Um, I own eight companies. And currently, I am the only person in my company that can write emails. That is the actual God's honest truth. And I am drowning in writing emails. So we have a very real problem. We have tried to hire people to write emails for us, and they're just not good. And we need a lot of email writers. Like internally, we need a lot of email writers. And there are other companies that need email writers. For example, the thousand companies I'm coaching for, a lot of them need email writers. And I've had people be like, Adam, if you write my emails, I'll give you 10% of the money you make, right? Because that's the, the fee I think people should charge is 10%. But um, I don't have the time. I've got my own stuff to do. I don't have time to do it. And I need email writers. So every time we test other people's emails writers, they fail. They don't know how to do it. They don't know how to write it the way that we do it. And so we need to train up some email writers. So I'm sitting here today being like, are you interested in writing emails? And maybe some of you getting selected to write for my company. And if not, I can try and pass you off to other companies. And I'll even teach you how to like do it yourself. Um, if you have your own company, this might be interesting to you to like learn the way that we write emails because I need more time than just a day. I actually said to Eve, maybe we could do a crash course in a day. And Eve said, because the lifeblood of our company is emails, guys. That's where our money comes from. Eve said, if you teach this in a day, I won't trust them, right? So Eve, back me up in the, uh, in the comments. But Eve literally said to me, you got to train them for at least three months. And Adam, you gotta, you got to be you. She goes, you can't outsource this. This has to be you. You're the only person that can write emails the way that we need. So, um, so I need some people. I need to train you guys. Now, uh, the risk can't be on us, right? We can't take that risk. I can't risk just giving you my business and letting you write emails because if you fuck up, we lose money. So we can't do it. So we had to create a certification. And so we've got a beta test of a certification. It's a beta test. I've never, I've never taught this before, except to my private students who have made a lot of money. Uh, I got Lloyd Dixon in the chat. I can tell you now, Lloyd's made some money from email. I don't know if, if Lloyd uh, posted about it, but I want to teach you my method of copywriting. Um, I, I am very, very good at it. Like, and uh, I, I can give you some uh, some testimonials to show you how good I am. But I'm in a couple of copywriting programs, and in most of them, I make the most money. Um, so I'm really good at copywriting. I've written copy for many, many companies. Um, in addition, I, I, yeah, try, trying to oversell it. But the truth is, guys, I need help. I, I, I really do. So I'm going to take you through my certification. This is what it's going to be. It's a beta test. That means we're going to be developing it together. 
I need you to be good because at least one of you I've got to hire and realistically two or three of you, I'm probably going to hire for my company. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to have to outsource them. But to make it make sense, I've got to charge you to learn, right? Because uh, what I don't want is somebody to sign up to this. I put three months to teach you and you're like, you know what? I'm going to go and get a job. Like, I can't have that because like, I need email writers today. Uh, I'll let Eve uh, point it in and uh, okay. Yeah. Lloyd's Lloyd's posting. To show you guys, but yeah, so I, I really need some stuff. So, but so again, so I've got to charge you guys to learn the certification. So hopefully, I can see a lot of you saying you're interested. So this is it. I've tried to make it as affordable as possible. Let me give you the breakdown. Here's what you're gonna get: the email formula. I wrote formula wrong. By the way, <laughs> anyone that complains about my typos, I actually wrote this in one of the promotions. Um, it, it doesn't matter as much as you think. Um, so obviously, grammar is a thing, but it doesn't matter as much as you think. So I'm going to teach you guys how to write emails that people actually want to read. If you went to a copywriting program, I guarantee you it costs at least $3,000. That's how I came up with that price. Um, how to write emails that convert to sales. Um, so sales emails is like a totally different thing. Again, at least $1,000 to learn that. Uh, how to write compelling stories. I've taught this tons. I actually, I charge $6,000. I don't know why I put a thousand in here, but whatever. How to write compelling stories. I've got people crying from some of the stories I've told uh, publicly. Um, how to find business opportunities for you to write for. So um, I'm absolutely, I've got a list of companies that need email writers and my company needs a bunch of email writers, but I will tell you how to reach out to other companies as well, how to find them in the right way, right? In a way where you're not spamming people's inbox and be like, let me write emails for you. I'll show you how to do that. The biggest thing is you're getting three months of mentorship and learning copywriting with me and other guests. I've got a number of friends who are very, very good copywriters. I'm going to have them come and do some training with you as well as part of this. Uh, that's straight up my, to coach with me in my group trainings, 2K a month uh, minimum. Um, if it's, uh, you know, in some of my groups, even 3K a month, but that's six grand. Um, and this is a bonus. This is huge, guys. This is absolutely huge. You guys will love this. Travis Sago is regarded as one of the top copywriters in the world. Now, he's somebody that I study under. So I've studied under Travis Sago. I contacted Travis and I've licensed his product. This is mind-blowing. His product is a $3,000 training on email copywriting, and it's regarded as one of the best. And I've got that for you as a bonus legally. Like I, I'm paying him to, to be able to do this. So you're getting that program because I think people have to do that program in addition to mine. And I don't want to steal his stuff, credit where credit's due. So I've paid him to license that for you. So you'll get that program, the full program. You'll get that as part of this. So this is absolutely huge. Yeah, Mindy says Travis Sago. Yep, it's part of the program. So it's huge. The total value is $15,000. I give me a $10,485 discount, basically to make it as affordable as possible. There's two prices here. You can either pay one payment of $4,997 or six payments of $997. Now, it's only a three-month course, so we're kind of taking a risk there. You can sign up today for just $997, and you can start going through the program. It is feasible that you could start making that kind of money a month. I'm not going to guarantee it. Obviously, if you're lazy, you don't fucking do any work. It isn't going to work for you. Um, if you don't listen, you're going to have to be attentive. Like, I need this in my company. Um, but I'm more than happy to pay you 10% uh, of any of the money you generate via email uh, to come on board and do emails for our company. Uh, and I'll start in one of my smaller companies first before you get my dating company. But I do want someone to write emails for my dating company because I want to get my, my Mondays back. I sit and write emails all day on Monday. I don't want to do it anymore. So I'm very happy to do this. Um, ben says the Travis Sago is insane training alone. Bam, Adam. Yep, this is it. The Travis Sago program is $3,000. If you go and buy it right now, you'd pay three grand. Um, and you get that as part of this. And like I said, it's all above board. I'm not stealing it. I've licensed it off of him. I've got a contract with him and everything. So pretty excited. You guys are going to get all that. Let's go through a little exercise. Uh, just want to ask you something. Please answer in the chat. Just help me out here. Do you believe I know how to make sales via email? 
please let me know in the chat if you believe I do. Like I'll, I'll pull up my ClickFunnels plaque right now if you want me to prove it to you, but do you believe it? Do you believe that you will make more money and be more successful if you take something on the offer and spend three months letting me teach you to write emails? Like, do you believe that will make you more money? Let me know if you believe it's up to you. How many emails could you write in a day? Be honest. How many emails could you write in a day? And if you made 10% of the revenue from any of those emails, how much money do you think that'd be? Put a number in the chat. Be honest. How many emails could you write a day? Give me a number. Like you reckon you write one email a day. I can tell you now I can write 14 emails a day and I hate it. I don't want to write 14 emails a day, but I can. Uh, five emails is a heavy day, but it's still doable. Tony says you can write three emails a day. Um, uh, five, do four. Yeah. Five a day is kind of what I like doing. That's about right. Um, and then if you took 10% of a company's revenue for doing that, how much money would you make realistically? That's a pretty good amount. And when would you want to start doing this? You want to start it in six months? You want to start in a year or you want to start like today? Let me know. Have a look. How much money would you be losing every month where you're not currently doing that? So do me a favor, guys. Write down how much money would you make a month if you wrote one email a day? What would that be? And when do you want to start doing it? And if you don't start today, how much money would you lose? You guys get that? It's pretty, like the reality is you kind of got to start now because like I know in my company, you know, from email alone, we're doing about 200 grand a month, $200,000. If I waited three months, I'd lose 600 grand. Yeah. You guys understand? Like you kind of need to do it like now, but more importantly, I'm only going to teach this once. Like I'm, this is not going to be a, you can sign up in a year and teach this again. I want to find my copywriters now. I want to hire you and I want you doing this. So this is what I want to do. Okay. Um, and you can, you can work from home. It's pretty easy. This is the offer guys. I'm going to teach you how to write emails that people want to read. Tell you how to write emails that convert sales. Tell you how to write compelling stories. That's a huge component. How to find business opportunities so you can write emails for people. So how to find outside of me and my network. I'm not going to guarantee I'm going to employ you, but I will teach you how to reach out to people in a good way, help you network, that kind of thing. Three months of mentorship and learning copywriting with me and other guests. The other guest is key. I'm going to bring in some guest speakers. Um, we're going to be working every week on this, okay? I need you to get good. Um, and you get Travis Sago's Phoneless Sales Machine Program, which is an amazing program. That alone is incredible. You get the whole thing, six payments of 997. You can put one 997 payment down now or 5K. Just text sign me up to 818-441-8002, okay? Do me a favor. If you text Eve and you sign up, can you please just let me know in the chat? You got to do it now, guys. I need, I need this. Like, please... Please sign up uh, just because I need I need you guys. You'll make your money back. Uh, if, if we hire you and you're, you're good, you'll make your money back quite rapidly. Um, you know, we had we had a copywriter in the past and he was making anywhere from five to 10 grand a month, just to put that in perspective. Uh, but he sadly moved on and wanted to do other things. So uh, text Eve right now if you want to do it. Once you text Eve, please let me know in the chat because I just want to see how many people are doing it. Like I said, this is a bit different. This isn't like a sales pitch. I don't really care about the money as much. I want you to pay for it because I don't want to lose money teaching people that don't really care. Uh, but I, I do want to know how many people I've got coming into this program. Like I said, I've got eight companies I need copyrights for, eight. So I, I need a whole bunch of you. So the minute you text Eve, please let me know in the chat. Um, and then we'll move on and we'll do the, we'll do the Q&A. So... Okay, nice. Charmaine, yes. Oh my God, that's great. Oh my God, you're so smart. Thank you. Okay, this is great, guys. This is so great. All right, I'm so happy. <laughs> Charmaine, Charmaine, you're smart. And Joseph too. This is awesome. So fabulous. All right, yeah. So I'm just like looking at the chat, hoping some of you guys text Eve like right now because uh, I, need, I need writers really badly. Okay, so let's start answering some of these questions. And please text in the chat if you text Eve so I know that you guys are doing it because I need copyrights. I just want my day back. I can't lie. I want to get my Mondays back. 
So, and you know, I can't start anyone on the dating company, right? I've got to start you on, a, on one of the smaller companies first. So let me know after you text Steve. Okay. Uh, Anonymous says, should you start with a specific niche when you're first writing email in order to become good with it? Actually, it's kind of better to just learn the structure of writing emails. It doesn't really matter what niche you're in. You can start with a specific one if you want to. Uh, I obviously started with dating, but I found that once I go good at dating, I can kind of do anything. Part of the training that we're going to be doing is going to be about identifying from the audience. There was a really good quote that somebody said earlier on, which is, I like Adam's emails because they refer to the problem of the customer. And the key is with writing emails, you want to identify the problem of the customer. And it ironically, like imagine a fitness company, one company might be targeting people that want to get stronger. Another company might be targeting people that want to lose weight. So the needs of the customers might be completely different, even in the same niche. So you just want to get good at identifying what the needs are so you can write the email correctly. And that's one of the things we do in the training is, is developing this need development. Cool. So let me make sure I'm not seeing anyone comment in the chat. So I'm a little bit nervous. No one actually wants to do this. Guys, do me a favor. If you text Eve, please let me know. Um, also, I suppose I'm worried I'm not live. <laughs> I assume everyone can still see me. Maybe no one's typing because you're texting Eve. Didn't even occur to me that could be a thing. Either way, I'll keep talking. All right. Nice. Okay. So some people are texting. This is fabulous. This is good. All right, guys. Brilliant. <laughs> so echo, echo, echo. Okay. Anyone who's got questions, Gareth says I'm texting Eve, but I've got a ton of stupid questions. Put the questions in the chat, guys. Uh, sorry, in the Q&A, and I'll answer them. I'll answer anything you guys want, okay? Any questions you guys want, put them in the, uh, uh, the Q&A, and I'll answer them. Okay. Uh, the obvious important question Anonymous says, would you have signed up to pay someone else 10% of sales increase for him to do something to increase your sales? Absolutely. I've done that many, many times. Like, that's a no-brainer. Yes, I have absolutely hired people on 10% of sales to increase our sales. In fact, uh, Eve, that's how she gets paid. She gets paid 10% of sales to help us increase our sales. Like that is the way that I want to do it. The problem is a lot of people are just lazy and they don't actually do it. You got to get the right people. And then some people, they talk about how good they are, but they're not actually good. That's another problem. Um, okay. Anonymous. How do you track where your sales come from? For example, if you're promoting an affiliate product on YouTube and Facebook, how do you track which platform the sale came from? Normally you'd make different links. So you make one link for Facebook, one link for YouTube, and that makes it really easy to track. You know, there's, um, you know, myproduct.com forward slash affiliate Adam YouTube, myproduct.com forward slash affiliate Adam Facebook. That's a way of doing it. There's a few other ways, but that's a way. John, do you type one email a day or do you batch them weekly? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I batch them. I try and write all five uh, in a day. Although truth be told, this week I've been so busy, I wrote one a day. And that's the problem. Like you don't want to write them one a day. You want to batch them. It makes it easier. But I'm so busy with so much. Like I consulted for a thousand companies. Like I don't have much time. And so it makes it really hard to do that. Vedden says, is there any way I can join you and you test me out for a month? I'm not testing anybody that hasn't been trained by me. I want you to do at least three months of training before I let you write an email to my mailing list. i got to make sales every day, guys. Like, you know, my emails, like, they need to go out and they need to be good. I'm not going to risk testing my company on someone I don't know, just so you know. Okay. Jason says, I'm interested. I'm driving now. No problem. But just pull over and park and text Steve. Don't text while driving, but you guys understand. Um, okay. Vedant says, I just started writing for a client. He pays me a grand a month. I'm hungry to learn, but I can't afford it. I mean, you're making a thousand months. Sounds like you can. You just use that thousand, do the training. Um, Daniel says, besides question statements, numbers and words, what's some other split tests I can do? Well, that's a great question. So other split tests can be location-based. Um, other split tests can be short sentences versus long sentences. Um, you can do vague versus specific. So like, you know, um, this is what you have to do versus do this to get her phone number, right? So vague versus specific. Um, I started doing some recently that reference TV shows. So I did one about Black Widow to see if that was good. So, you know, and that's half the final is like brainstorming split tests, right? It's pretty cool. 
Shelton, would you tag the two different calls to action so you can split test them? Have them go to the same spot, be able to tell which one they click? You could. Um, the reality is the click-through rate tends to be really low, so the data is not going to be that great. Um, but yeah, you, you totally could if you wanted to find out which one was more, you know, which one was better. Darnell says, where does the subheader go? Is it in the body of the email? No, there's like a, a place that you put it. They don't even call it a subheader. It's, I think it's called subtext. Um, but you just fill in the subtext and that's what shows up as the teaser text for what's in the email. So you, you can just make it different than the actual body. If you don't fill subtext in, it will just borrow it from the body. It will just take the first sentence or something. Uh, Donnell says, do you experiment with pictures? Yeah, we have experimented. And honestly, pictures do pretty good. We're honestly so busy that we don't always put pictures in. Again, we're drowning. Like the, the reality is, like talking about that missing opportunity, at least we write an email but we're not optimizing email. There's so much more we could be doing, but we're swamped. Like we just don't have the time. Um, so that's why I want to train people to do it. Like I need help. And again, it's one of those things I can't just hire people. Most people aren't good at it. A lot of people do like a pretty crap course and then try and do it. And that's no good. Like I need someone who knows our method of doing it. Um, uh, text Steve, awesome. Vedant says, how do I suck the reader in the first five, four to five lines? So Vedant, I'm going to help you here. I did mention you have to put it in the Q&A. The fact that you're writing it in the chat and not in the Q&A is probably a clear clue of one of the mistakes you might be making with emails because you're not paying attention to details. And if you're not paying attention to details from them, then sucking people in is going to be difficult for you because you're not listening to them. This is what I'm talking about. Like, It's clear you are a copywriter because that's what you're doing, but it's also clear that you've got some big mistakes you're making um, and you probably need training. Shelton, when you add the cliffhanger type PS link to the next day's email, how much impact does that have on open rate? Massive. Emails that don't have a PS, the next day usually sucks. Joseph, with the other copywriters you've listed, what is your take on John Carlton, the marketing rebel? I like John Carlton. He's old school. I think he's absolutely great. I think John Carlton's a great person to do copywriting. Um, but again, uh, I find that a lot of the, the big guys, they have like very broad methods. Um, and what I need is someone who's got very specific methods. Um, and in the training, we'll talk about that more, but like, I want you to understand the data more. Most email copywriters just focus on the writing, but it's the data that's more important and reacting to the data. And I, I wish email copywriters spoke about this more, but they don't really. So I want to talk about that. And that's what the training is going to focus on. It's like how to look at the data, how to, to make sure it works. Uh, Ricky says, to make money, how many emails would you need to write? It's hard, man. That's like, how long is a piece of string, right? The, the reality is sometimes I'll write like 10 emails and make no sales. And then one day make like 120 grand in a day. Uh, that's gross, obviously. So I would have made 12,000, I suppose. Um, you just, it just, it, it depends. That's the reality is it depends. Shelton, what's the time frame between the training and being able to work? Uh, again, you know, how long is a piece of string? We're going to do a certification at the end. We'll give you a certification be like, you know, you, you're certified. Like, you know, we, we endorse this person. We say this person is good enough to write emails. Um, we're going to have like a little exam at the end as well. You know, technically, once you finish and get the certification, you should be able to write emails for people. Uh, but it just depends how good you are. Uh, Carsten, frequency. Is one email a day the minimum? And how few can you do per month to keep sales high? One email a day is minimum, really, like five days a week. That's minimum. You can write two emails a day. I know some people do three to four emails a day. So. Shelton, is it a full-time or part-time position? It's absolutely part-time. Uh, you don't need to do this full-time. William, I've written a novel where I have some copies in stock. I do not have any email addresses to sell copies. How can I gather email addresses? How can I make use of the email form to sell copies? So this is great. Okay, so um, with a book, with writing a book, how can you get email addresses? The easiest way to do that is to have like a hidden chapter for the book or um, give away chapter one in return for emails. So you can collect email by running ads. Um, and so you can like run some basic ads, you know, get uh, part one of this book um, completely for free by putting in your email address. Now you've got the email, then you can follow my email form and send them an email to sell them the full book. 
that's a way of doing it. Good question. Carlson, headline, do you use benefits learned in headlines? Um, I always use benefits in my headlines. Benefits are huge, except unless I'm doing vague. Sometimes you do vague benefits. Um, I don't even buy learned. So uh, unless you're sending me a headline to give feedback, um, at which point um, that's asking me a question that's not encouraging me uh, to open an email. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Paul, are headlines the most critical element to compelling people to open the email? Yes, they are. They absolutely are. The email is like the trailer to the movie. The only, like no one's going to see what's in the email until they open it, right? So what's in the email is irrelevant. Email can be empty. It's the headline that makes somebody open. There's nothing else except if you tease it the day before. That's the only other factor. Carson, revelation. How do you formulate a revelation example? So I did give a revelation example earlier. Um, I, I did a live example where I went and found a statistic, but for me, revelations are often fun facts, like unique facts that people don't know. That's often a revelation, but revelations can also be just like blowing someone's mind, like the game store showing you that 400 customers in a tiny game store can massively improve revenue just from writing a daily email. Sanjay, how much does a single email make you? Great question. Sometimes zero. It's the reality. Sometimes 12 grand, sometimes a hundred grand just depends. Uh, anonymous. When you reach out to a prospect, whether in business or in dating, should your mindset be add value or else don't bother until you add value to add? Yes. You, it's just add value, add value, add value. In the training, in the certification, I'm going to be talking about how to get businesses to want to hire you. And the way you're going to do that is by adding a ton of value. So Joshua says, how do I find clients? That is in the certification. I, I can't teach it now just because it's going to take hours. Uh, but that's what I'm going to be teaching is how to find clients. But again, the easiest way to get flat clients is referrals, just for the record. So just for the so, you know, um, the length of the email, what is the best length? The best length is like 300 to 700 words. So 300, 700 words is about right for an email. I found people do them longer and that's often quite bad. Garrett, I'm very familiar with SEO and programmatic marketing. How much can we learn how to integrate this with those types of marketing? Quite a lot. Imagine you've got SEO and the SEO is all designed to like capture emails that then enables you to, to sell. Um, so yeah, it, it totally is. It is a separate type of marketing. In fact, there's a business I'm buying right now uh, and uh, they've, not done, they've only done SEO and, and ad marketing. They've done no email marketing. And they told me in the sale, they were like, yeah, if we did the email marketing, we probably didn't have to sell it. But because we didn't do any, we have to sell it. So 120,000 contacts, pretty cute. Shelton, if one compares this against a typical job, what's the dollar break point where this is a better choice? Uh, that's that's a personal choice, right? Like at what point? For me, writing an email a day, um, if I had a full-time job and I wanted, I, and you know, that's what I'm doing this week, right? I'm so busy this week. I'm writing one email a day. I just get up in the morning, sit down, takes 20 minutes. I write an email and that's it. That's what I've been doing every day this week. So it's really easy um, to the point that like, why do I need to quit my day job, right? But the problem is I've got eight companies and all my companies need me to write an email every day. That's the problem. Writing one email a day, I can just about fit in eight emails. That's a lot harder. Um, and if I was writing eight emails, I'd probably have to quit my day job. But again, that might make more money for some people. It wouldn't for me, but maybe for some people. Sanjay says, could you give us one more of those magic starters and how many more are there? Uh, what do you mean by magic starter, Sanjay? I don't, I don't think I said magic starter. Give me, give me an example. Unless you mean the headline with the word this. Yeah, this. Uh, yeah, that is in the training. So I have like 10 headline templates that I use. That's what people are paying for. So I can't give it to you for free because that's in the training. And that's like our proprietary stuff. That's why our emails do better than other people's, right? Because we have these really good headlines. Um, anonymous, is it necessary to have beliefs like spirituality, the law of attraction to become successful business? No. 
I don't believe in spirituality or the law of attraction, and I am doing great. I had a business career I paid to learn from. I was installing this some of his students, something I didn't know he does. Wouldn't know how politely let him know I don't describe those types of beliefs. I would just say, hey, man, I don't do any of that kind of stuff. Is that going to stop me getting success? That's how I would say it, because I don't, I don't do any of that crap. I just do data and numbers. Garrett, if we're brought abroad, how much room for growth beyond doing the copywriting? Um, it's really just copywriting email and data. Again, I don't want to oversell this. I want to tell you exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> it's your typo. Nice. Um, <laughs> love you, Garrett. Uh, yeah. Uh, if we're brought abroad. Yeah. Basically if you're, if you're in, I'm just going to teach you email copywriting, everything about email copywriting, including like some of the technical stuff. Um, but it's just that, uh, but you know, but we'll be hanging out you know, every week for three months, I assume you'll pick up some other stuff, but, but the training is going to focus on the email copywriting. Alex, do you use autofill fields like first name and other personal data you might have? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, probably need to do it more often uh, is the reality. But yeah, sometimes. Vedant says, sorry about that. I kind of suck with Zoom. How do I add emotion tension to my copy? All right, so just to give you, uh, to give you a bit of an idea, rather than thinking, how do I add emotion and tension to the copy? It's better to think, how can I tell a story that people relate to? Because when you tell a story, especially uh, if it's an emotion heart-pulling story, that's gonna that's gonna work, right? So let me let me show you guys a story. Um, so part of the training is gonna be storytelling, right? So how to write stories. So let me share something with you. Um, this is the best picture I've ever taken. I took this photograph myself, and uh, I love this story uh, behind the picture because uh, first of all, I think it's really cinematic. I think it's really beautiful. Uh, but what I want you to know is that the lion doesn't have a mane, but it's actually a male lion. This isn't a female, this is a male lion. And note the scarring on its face. So this lion is a rescue. And when I heard the story of this lion, I knew, I knew I had to take this picture. And I think it really captures uh, the beauty of such a majestic beast. If you look at the black lips at the bottom, you'll notice it's missing fangs. And that's because this lion doesn't have any fangs. Um, they were removed. And here's why. This lion was a, a guardian of a junkyard that a guy owned. And there were two of them. It was a male and a female. They were a pair. And the guy comes home drunk one day and decides that he wants to uh, take out his aggression on the lions. And so he starts beating the lions with a sledgehammer. And he beats the female first and hits the, the female so many times that the male loses his shit and goes after the guy. But the male is chained and can't get away with it. So the owner of the junkyard decides to teach the male a lesson. He's going to murder the female in front of him. So he goes inside, pulls out a shotgun, comes outside and shoots the female right in front of the male. And the male is devastated. At that point, the owner picks up a sledgehammer and lays into his face, removes his teeth via hammer, um, scars him. I mean, just leaves him bloodied and beaten. He then locks him inside a cage that is too short to stand in and leaves him there. Well, thankfully, I, uh, the neighbors heard the shotgun blast and they called the cops and it takes a while for them to get permission to come onto the land and get the warrant and everything. But they, they arrest him. The guy goes to jail and uh, they rescue this lion. And he's so malnourished that when he gets out of the cage, he breaks all four legs uh, because he's been sitting and he hasn't used them. So they heal him, they pick him back up and they bring him to a zoo that's just outside of Austin that only deals in rescues. And I love this zoo because if they can rehabilitate the wild, they do. And if they can't, they give them peace uh, by, by giving them uh, you know, a lovely life, not by putting, putting them down. And uh, there was already a male lion that had a pride of, of seven women. And I don't know if you guys know about conflict, but two males, when they come together, they'll have conflict. So when this male came in, he was so beaten up and so damaged 
So the other male actually took pity on him and invited him into the pride. And so now this is one of the only prides uh, in captivity with two males that are not related. Uh, but the, the main male that has this beautiful mane, I took a picture of that one as well, but I don't have it here, uh, allowed this other male to come in there. And he has to be fed minced, uh, minced steak, they mince his steak so he can like swallow it down. Uh, but what's beautiful that the happy moment I want to share with you is uh, the average lion in the wild will live seven to 10 years. And at the time of taking this picture, this lion was 14 years old. So he lived a very long, wonderful life, surrounded by beautiful women in the back end of his life. So, you know, just super happy. And this picture, like, you know, really resonates with me, like about, I think we all have hardships in life, like we all have struggles. But if you can endure, if you can get past it on the other side, there can often be a happy ending that you couldn't even imagine. And while it may not be the happy ending we initially dreamed for ourselves, uh, that doesn't mean that it isn't wonderful. You know? So there we go. So that's a good example of, of a real story um, and how you can trigger emotion. Yeah, it's pretty hard hitting, right? But that's that's real emotion because it's a real story. This is why you know I get frustrated with other with other copywriters because they're like, just add emotion to your writing. No, how about just write an emotional story? How about write a good story? Yeah. So this is what I'm talking about, guys. I'm going to teach you how to find stories like that and how to write real stories. We're going to talk about real stories that trigger real emotions that get people to actually resonate with you, so they want to buy. Yeah, like this is the whole point. They want to buy because it's real. Yeah, you guys get that? I hope you guys get that. So um, so hopefully that helps. So there we go. Hopefully that teaches you how to write emotion into your copy a little bit. And I'll teach a lot more about that in the training. Ricky, one more question. Can you repeat the subheading part of writing an email? Uh, yeah, the subhead, it's just a another short teaser that pops up as the, the teaser to the text. Cody, I do enjoy learning and helping people. I'm an excellent driver, old school hunter provider. I would love to work with you. Dude, awesome. We'd love to have you, man. Sign up. Let's get you. Um, are you familiar with Colin Thurio? If so, what do you think if you start teaching? I don't know Colin, unfortunately. Jesse says, are there many businesses or industries where this type of daily email advertising isn't viable? Hard to imagine for an accounting office, for instance. No, I think an accounting office absolutely should have something like this. I'll give you an example. Imagine an accountant's email is like the 10 biggest mistakes people make when they do their taxes, right? You would want to read that email. And imagine if every day the accounting office is just giving you advice on um, on like, you know, accounting. Remember the whole point is to get them to sign up to their accounting service. So it's not selling people that already bought the accounting service necessarily. It's people that haven't bought. They're just learning about accounting. Ready to start a business, need help with your accounting, download our seven part guide. And for the next seven days, we'll send you an email guiding you through it. Get it? Next up, what's some good copy out there as a reference or swipe file? Gary Halbert, Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez, Jason Capital. Uh, they're all okay. I like Frank Kern. I think Frank Kern's really good. The email copywriting, I think Perry Belcher is really good. Ryan Dice is really good. Um, you know, I think out of these people, Gary Halbert's very good. Uh, Jason Capital is not bad. I don't really rate the other two too much. Um, but yeah. Garrett, regarding the data analysis mentioned, how thorough is the integration with other business processes like product go-to marketing or doing uh, coordinated campaigns? In my opinion, the best email copywriters are integrated into everything, right? I think you can't do email copy unless you're willing to learn everything about the business. You don't have to have experience in the business, but you do have to be willing to learn because the idea is your copywriting gets better over time. That's the key. Uh, anonymous, are you looking to teach implement long-form long emails or keep them short-form? A combination. I want you to test both. Some industries are going to like short, some industries are going to like long. long. I want you to learn both. Uh, Vedan, I always feel like my writing is more logical and dry than emotional punchy. How do I add emotional punch and suspense to read to the end? I think I managed to capture your attention with my lion story. If I did, that's how you do it. Um, anonymous says, I had a distraction card. It was a split test. Uh, 
complicated to explain now. Um, everyone that's watching this live, you're going to get the recording. You're going to be able to watch it for the next 24 hours. So just watch the recording. Shelton, does the training teach a particular set of supporting tools like Active Campaign? Is it enough to have complete ecosystem support in the email and things and points to? Yes, we're going to take you through the tools that we use. We do use Active Campaign. Hassan, if after this course you seem as hard and talented email writer, but you have too many people for your own companies, would you recommend me to other people you know might need you? Absolutely, I will. That's the whole point. That's why it's certification. Everyone who gets through this, who's good, and I think you're good, I'm going to be referring you to people. Not even a question. Absolutely. What metrics do you measure for emails? Great question. The metrics are as follows. We check the open rate, which doesn't matter as much anymore. Um, I'll explain why in the training, but we check open rate. Um, we check number of people to open, which is another factor. People just look at the rate, but the number of people to open is just important. Um, then we check click-through rate, how many people actually click through, and then number of people that clicked. And lastly, we check sales, which is also important. Uh, and then we also check replies, how many people replied to the email. How do you overcome laziness? The other day I did a lot of self-reflection with Bruce Jones myself about a lot of stuff. More importantly, how do I keep myself from sitting back into it and what's come out of it? I have no idea. Not my skill set. I teach you about dating. I teach you about business. If you're lazy, fix your own shit. Um, but this is actually key, guys. I really want you to learn this. I'll only teach stuff I'm good at. I won't say I'm good at teaching how to fix laziness because laziness irritates me because my dad was lazy. I'm not lazy. My dad is. Um, I, if I could have fixed it, I'd have fixed my dad. I won't ever teach you guys something I don't know how to do. Don't know how to fix laziness. If I could, I'd fix my dad. Uh, what I do know how to do is write emails that make money. Paul says, would you say this is a fair breakdown of goals for each step? Email make headlines that people wanting to open the email and a subhead that compels call to action. The subhead that, that encourages that email open rate, Paul. Copy, create a call to action, actually sales. Yep, data, split test. Yeah, there's more though. Um, there's, there's much more, but I, I love where your head's at. And I like that you took proactivity on this. Please tell me you signed up for this program because you're exactly the kind of person I want. Just so you guys know, Paul Fountain, I, I got my eye on you. Why didn't the line have a main? It didn't have a main because it fell out due to stress. Good question. I didn't cover that, but yeah, that's why. Shelton, so does having a large amount of real life experience help you be a better copywriter because you live more of these emotional moments? It can, but it doesn't have to be. There are lots of ways to get emotional stories. Uh, Carson, can you use it in business to business? Absolutely. I learned this in business to business. I used to work in public relations uh, in corporate. But Don, how would you measure engagement with Oprah's after iOS 15? Again, that's why open rate doesn't matter as much. Uh, Josiah, what sets your training apart from Kern, Belcher, et cetera? Um, it's a great question. Mine is just based on what I've seen work for us internally. Uh, I'm not saying it's better or worse than them. Um, I'm just saying that mine's okay. I will say this. I was on stage at an event with Perry Belcher the other day and Perry Belcher gave me an award for some of my copywriting. I came second. I didn't come first, uh, but still it's pretty good, right? Uh, Shelton, do you use a standard operating procedure for the email process? It sounds like it. I absolutely do have a standard operating procedure for it. I'm going to be sharing that in the training. Uh, what day of the week is the training going to be on? That is an absolute great question. I have no clue to be completely honest with you. Uh, it's a beta test. What we normally do is we get everyone to sign up and then uh, we talk to them and identify what day works, makes sense for everybody. And then if we lose a couple of people over it, we don't really cry about it. We say, okay, well, these people can't do it. You know, that sucks. And then we get rid of them. <laughs> but that's it. That is the last question. So hopefully this makes sense for you guys. And you guys see it. I just want to remind you, this is an opportunity. This is a chance to learn how to write good emails that actually make money, to write on behalf of other companies. If you've got companies like Disney and Best Buy doing it really badly, then you know I think there's opportunities everywhere. Um, I'm not saying you can get into them, but you know uh, I'm saying that there are definitely other companies that are not doing it. Because if the big companies aren't doing it, the little companies definitely aren't doing it. Sean says, what is the expected weekly time commitment? I think it's about one to two hours of training with me every week. And then it's about three to five hours on your own of writing. And that is everything. 
Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit thesmartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.